0: I'm joined on football CFB today by Coventry goalkeeper Marco Barossi. Marco, how are you?
1: I'm good, thank you. And yourself?
0: Yeah, not bad at all. Um, <clears throat> the first thing I want to start by asking you a very simple question. You're in lockdown at the moment. How are you coping with that? And, and how much are you missing football?
1: I'm missing football a lot. Um, I mean, it, I, I think I mean it is what it is. I think um, you just got to. Deal with it, you know. Follow the government guidelines and all that. I mean, I miss football so much. I'm, I'm so bored at home. I'm nearly ripping my hair out. But like I said, it is what it is. You just gotta make the most of it, I guess. But on the positive side, I can spend a lot, a lot, a lot more time with my family, with my newborn daughter. So in that aspect of it, it's brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely. Um... Yeah. I'd
0: like to start just by asking you about your sort of upbringing because you were born in Slovakia. What was that like growing up and how did you come to England?
1: Yeah, um, I was born in Slovakia um, and then we moved over to England when I was 13. So obviously I I spent my um, early teens in Slovakia. Um, It was brilliant. I loved it. Um, And then my mum and dad um, basically informed me that we'll be moving abroad to England, it was kind of, I, I, I was still young, so, for me, it wasn't like, um, I didn't really think anything of it, if you know what I mean, I was just like, okay, you know, we're going somewhere to England, so I was I was excited, I was, you know, I was excited, but then, um, we moved here, it was two, 2006, and um, I must say, uh, it was really difficult at start, Um you know, going to school, not speaking a word of English. Um, yeah, it, it it was really difficult, but um, I've got to give credit to my mum and dad. They were, you know, it, everything I've done, you know, um, where I am and all of that stuff. is thanks to them, you know, we moved over here for, you know, more money, all of that stuff. Um. Uh, I, and I'm glad we did <laughs> you know, because you know, I met I met my missus, I've got a beautiful daughter. So I mean I think it was written in the stars for me to came, to come here. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And I'm glad you're you really enjoying life in, in the UK. Yeah. And the first the, the obvious question is, in terms of Slovakian football, who did you grow up supporting and who was your first real heroes in football?
1: I didn't really um support anybody, I don't think. Um I liked Real Madrid when I was really, um, when I was um, really younger. Um, you know, your Roberto Carlos' and all that Zidane. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember watching them. Um, but I didn't. I didn't really have a. I didn't really support anybody. Uh, I played football there for our local team called Um That's um, so I played there. Um, and there was, I think there was. My my dad always told me there was a few, there was a few scouts watching me early on in Slovakia from like the bigger clubs in Slovakia. But he never, he never wanted to let me go because that's how it works. It's like, well, I guess it works like this here as well. You know, the the clubs because of your age, the clubs come and talk to your parents, um, basically offering your parents a contract in, instead of you because uh, I'm I'm not in a position to make decisions for myself at that age. You so, um, saw. Um, I, I, my dad told me later on in life that he, he turned um, he turned down some pretty good offers from big teams, um, and he turned it down because I would have to move away. Um, and he explained to me that um, he didn't want me to hate football. You know, he, he wanted me to enjoy it, and um, he said, "If I'm patient, you know, the clubs will come. Um, just work out. Oh bloody hell! Just, just work, just work, just work hard, um, and all of that. So yeah, but well, I really loved it. That we had, we had a cracking team, uh, the team I played for, and uh, most of the lads um, went on to do bigger things at, at, in that age group. And some of them, you know, some of them carried on. Um, some of them are still professional now. And I just went a completely different route. Yeah, yeah. it took me a while to get into uh, professional football. I was nineteen. Yeah. In terms of football, were you always a goalkeeper? Always, yeah, because because my dad was a goalkeeper so that he always just got me into goalkeeping Oh my God, I'm having a nightmare here uh, Sorry, uh, yeah, my dad was a goalkeeper um, and he just said to me, I wanted to be a striker um, and he always just said to me, oh, why, why do you want to run around? It's crazy, you know, you can just stand in the net and save shots so I was like, okay uh, he got me into it, he trained me, and um, I, I never look back from that. I absolutely love it.
0: You mentioned 19 when you really got that first step into football. Um, your first step was at Barnum'swick Town. What was that like?
1: Yeah, um, it was really good because I was young and I was playing men's football. Um, so, I, you know, I, in, the, in those kind of leagues, it's very physical. Um, So I think it was a good um, learning curve for me, you know, gain a little bit of experience, um, and also, um, you know, that that kind of pushed me, um, that kind of pushed me even more because I I didn't want to, I didn't want to stay at that level, you know. I loved it there, I loved my time there, but I always, I always, um, I always thought I was, I could do more, you know. Um, I wanted to push myself. I I always wanted to learn. learn new things and uh, my dad helped me with that a lot you know he, he was always coaching me um, but yeah Barnoswick town was brilliant because we had a really good pitch that was good mm-hmm. um, but yeah I was playing with men at a young age so that, I kind of had to mature uh, and all of that get more you know get used to the physicality uh, and all of that so it was really good you and it's said a fantastic leave- club
0: you mentioned it's a fantastic club. You were doing really well there. You you get sort of interest from other clubs and you choose to join Wigan Athletic under Roberto Martinez. What was that like? Was that a dream come true to, to join such a, a a big club at that stage?
1: Oh, it was poor. Oh, it was indescribable because um we lived in Burnley, which is a small town, and um where I was growing up, those things didn't kinda happen um to everybody, you know. Um and I was—I remember—I always used to say um, to my friends and I said, "Oh, I'm going to be a professional footballer." And they were always like, "Ah, oh, no, you're not," and all of that. I'm like, "You watch me," you know. Um, that and they kind of pushed me as well because I'm like, I, I have to do it now." Um, you know, I can't—I can't just say it. I have to do it. Um, but yeah, we can. I, I was actually at Burnley College, and Burnley College had their—I've um, got their own football academy, which is brilliant. You know, fantastic facilities and all that. Um, but yeah um, one of the coaches at Burnley College um, Barry Noles um, and Jerry Harrison they, they actually got me and Andy Fairman, he's a goalkeeping coach at Wickham, at Wickham Wanderers but well, he was my goalkeeping coach at Burnley College when I was studying at college and um, they kind of got me a trial um, at Wigan Athletic um, I think it was I can't remember, I think it was like a two weeks trial something like that and um, so i went down you know they sorted me out with um with accommodation and all of that and um you know i was training i was loving it i was enjoying it, i was enjoying it i was pushing myself and then um they kind of said they kind of said to me you know you stay till the end of the season um so i said great you know they'll, they'll pay me and all of that so i was like oh my god i'm you know, I'm I I've really got a chance of becoming a profe- becoming a professional footballer. So the first year was kind of like um, I was there, but not not officially there, if you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, I was still I was still playing games uh, for the development squad. I was I was doing really well. Um, and the coaches and the coaches liked me and, and Roberto Martinez liked me, uh, and the first team goalkeeping coach liked me as well. Um, so the next they offered me a contract at the end of the season, you know, they said, Oh, we really like you. Um, and all of those things. So, do you want to sign a contract? And obviously I was like, you know, give me the pen and paper. Um so yeah, we came back, um you know, for the second year, and literally, I was. It was a dream come true because I would have never thought I'd be training with the first with the first team every single day. Um, it was surreal to me. I, I didn't expect it, um, but they were they believed in me, so I kind of had to start believing in myself, um, and it really helped me. Um, the goalkeeping coach who's called um he's, called Iñaki, um, he's with uh, Martinez at Belgium now. And we had an unbelievable relationship. Um, He used to stay behind after training with me, um, you know, teach me um, different kicking techniques and and all of that. Because the because the Spanish coaches is, you know, um, you know, playing out from the back, um, that that kind of a ticky tack of football. Because I was never that kind of a keeper, Uh, I could I could never do that. And um, he really put the time and uh, time and effort. Into me, the goalkeeping coach, you know, and he really, um, he really helped me. I, I can't thank him enough ever. Um, into the kind of he, he made me into the kind of a goalkeeper I am today, you know, um, the attributes and all stuff like that. The amount of time he put in me, and he did, he didn't have to because I, I wasn't a first team goalkeeper. I wasn't a first team goalkeeper, but credit to him, uh, he put a lot of effort into me, and I could never thank him enough for that.
0: When the club was relegated from the Premier League and gets into the Championship, do you think that's maybe your opportunity to get more of a chance? No, um, the
1: the opposite actually, because um, if you remember, Wigan won the FA Cup, um, yeah, and literally, and literally, I think it was like four days later they got relegated. Um, and I knew, I kind of knew um, if Martinez goes. Uh, I'm going, not by my not by my um, own decision, but the kind of a relationship we had. Um, he understood me, uh, and he you know he talked to me a lot. He, he always asked me how I'm doing, if I need anything. He always gave me advice, you know, trying to make me better. All of the coaches under Roberto Martinez, and then yeah, we got relegated, and um, yeah, after that it just it went downhill for me. Unfortunately, you know, I always thought. Or oh, maybe I can do something here but then when the new coaching staff came in that was it for me
0: A, a really difficult, tough season as you've said, when, when you're not getting the opportunities, maybe you, you you probably deserve, having worked really hard under the previous regime you move on to Doncaster Rovers but again, when you go there at first you have to be very patient and wait for your chance yeah. um, what was that initial spell like at Doncaster? Because I imagine when you drop down another division you think,
1: brilliant, I'm going to get in right away here um Oh, well, first when I when I didn't get offered a new contract at Wigan for um, for some reasons, you know um, that I didn't agree with. But um yeah, th- that's football, you know. But one manager likes you, the other don't. One coach likes you, the other doesn't like you. You know, that's how it is. But when I. um so I was without a club and I was really, really panicky. So you know, uh, my my dream came true, and then all of a sudden it just got shattered. So I was like, uh, it was, I was really disappointed. I was really upset. Um, and um, yeah, so I had to sign with I had to sign with an agent because I didn't have because I didn't have an agent before that. So I signed with an agent, and he um, sorted me a trial out at Doncaster. I had a, a two week trial there. You know, they liked me, they offered me a contract. So, you know, I was just, I was over the moon to have another club and start again, you know, try again. But like you said, um, it was really, really slow. Um, I didn't get the opportunities. Um, but they stuck by me. So, I, you know, I must thank them. I must thank them for that. this, this stuck by me even though I wasn't playing much. I've got, I got a game every now and then, um, which was good. But obviously, um, I wasn't ready, or whatever. This so I don't know. Maybe I wasn't ready. Um, I had to do a lot of um, growing up and maturing. You know, I was. I moved away from home with my missus. Um, we moved to Doncaster, but even though I wasn't, I, even though I wasn't getting the, the game time that I wanted, I was just. I was so happy there. Honestly, I was really, really happy at that club. Yeah
0: what was it like working under paul dickoff at first because he's someone who's obviously a big name within football
1: yeah he was really he was really good actually um it was a different kind of a manager than i, than I was used to um, he wasn't so much um as, like playing out from the back and all of that um, that was that was just starting to come into um, the game i mean everybody does it now but Five years ago, or four, yeah, it was five years ago. It wasn't like that. It's, it's kind of strange that, you know, how quick it all changed. Well, yeah, he was really good. He, he, was, a, he was a lovely bloke. Um, he was really nice to me. Um, he, was, he had great banter, banter as well. He, he was good. I, I liked it under him. Yeah.
0: Who were the big characters in that dressing room when you walked in, obviously, because you're really involved in the first team as soon as you go there in terms yeah. of dressing room environment?
1: Yeah. Um, Richie Wellings. Swindon manager, he was I really like I really liked Richard because he was he was he was always good to me. Um and he's one of them um, you either like him or you don't because he's very honest. Um he is he's very honest and um I think you have to be like that sometimes. So some people may have liked him, some people may have not liked him. Personally I loved him because for one, he was an unbelievable player, like like ridiculously good good player. Um, and he was a good man. He was a good man to me, anyway. So um, I think he was one of the one of the bigger characters there. And obviously, James Coppingo, I mean, don't really need to say much about him. He's just a legend at Doncaster. Unbelievable player, even now. Um, always one of the fittest in pre season. Always. I mean just inc- just inc- incredible incredible player yeah.
0: in terms of Doncaster it's a it's a club where the fir- as as we've talked about the first couple of spe- uh, years there in and out the team getting opportunities here and there when the club though gets down to league two that's when you get a chance to really establish yourself was that something that was a really big moment for you in your career especially now looking back
1: yeah definitely um I almost got a um, I almost got a full season under my belt in that league, and we, obviously we were doing we were doing really well with the team that we had. You know, there was there was no other option but to get promoted back to League One with the team that we had. Um, no, it wasn't even a talk of playoffs or anything. We we had to get promoted, and um, you know, I got my chance, and um, I felt like I took it. You know, I was playing really well. Uh, enjoying my time, enjoying uh, getting a run of games, and you need that as a keeper. That's, you need a run of games. You know that's how you, that's how you get comfortable. That's how you get better, um, and you, you, you that's how you mature as well. It's, being a goalkeeper is completely different to being a player. But I, I, I'm guessing, I guess as a player as well, you need game time to get better. But as a goalkeeper, it's just that little bit different. You're, the, you need that confidence, and that comes with games. You need the experience, especially, and that can only come from games. So you can you can work as hard as you want in training, but that experience of um, you know of game time, you, you can't replace that with any type of training. So it was re- in, in that sense, it was really really important for me, you know.
0: Something I've always been interested about with goalkeepers, you've talked about the fact it is different, and to be honest, it is because. You think about the situation. If you play in central midfield and you make a bad pass, chances are most times the other team won't go up and score automatically. Whereas, as a goalkeeper, more often than not, if you make one mistake, it's a goal. How tough mentally can it be being a goalkeeper between the sticks?
1: I think it can it can be as tough as you make it. Um, like you said, being an outfield player, um, you can hide um, if you're not having a if you're not having your, the best of games. You can hide. Uh, because you have um, nine other players around you, you know, and, um, and they can help you out. But like you said, if a goalkeeper, if a goalkeeper makes a mistake, or if um, if you're look, looking a little bit shaky and all of that, um, all eyes are on you. And like you said, you make a mistake, it's a goal. There's no one to bail you out. Um, sometimes there is, I must say. Sometimes uh, players bail you out, but. Um, it can be a really, really lonely place. You can be in a really lonely place, and um, as a goalkeeper, because if you make a mistake, like there's, there's no nobody else to blame but you. You know, um, so yeah. But you you have to be uh, mentally tough, and I think early in my career, I wasn't, and um, I think I was uh, I was quite late to mature in that sense. Um, you know, getting mentally tougher and all that. Um, but yeah, uh, that's the perks of being a goalkeeper. You can you can be a you can go from um, zero to hero, and like and uh, vice versa as well. So I mean, I wouldn't change that for uh, for anything. I think it's the it's the best position on the pitch. I think it's the most important position on the pitch. Yeah.
0: What was it like being involved in that campaign where the club do get promoted? Because as you've said, when you're playing in a team that's doing well, your confidence can only be
1: high. Yeah, it was it was um, it was really good. Obviously, the mood in the changing room was um, it was unbelievable all the time. We were confident. We felt like we felt like nobody could beat us in that league. Um, we felt like we could win every single game, um, and we and we were doing that. Um, just what it was just towards the end of the season, we had a little 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 bit of a blimp in that league too, where uh, I think we were to, uh, we were top of the league for. God knows how long, and then we had a little of a little bit of a sticky patch, and then we went all the way down to third. We got promoted from the third place, didn't we? And uh, yeah, so that was we were disappointed with that, even though we got promoted. We we were disappointed with that, and that just um, that just proves how uh, what the expectations were from the players. We put how much pressure we put on ourselves. You know, to do well, um, we we got promoted, but we were disappointed with the, that we got promoted from the third place. You know, we wanted to go, we wanted to win the league, and um, we were more more than capable of doing that.
0: What was it like working under Darren Ferguson officer, he came in after Paul Dickov, and because of his father, he's very well known even
1: basically across UK football. Yeah, yeah. Um, when he came in, it was uh, he changed everything. Uh, the club he changed everything it, um, it was a breath of fresh air he was um when he walked into the room you knew um like it's somebody you know um he had that aura about him where it's instant respect uh, you know when he walks into the room like no messing about you know he sat us down when he came in and he said he's going to change a lot of things and he did um to be fair to him he, ch- he changed that club uh from the academy, you know, he built up the academy. He started um, giving young lads um, a lot of chances to play. Um, so I think um, I think they should be they should Doncaster should be thankful to him because when he came in, he made a lot of changes. He brought a lot of good players in, and um, I think he took that club to another level. You know, um, where maybe they they couldn't get to, but he, he was he was un- unbelievable manager.
0: What was it like playing in League One compared to League Two? Was there much of a difference, if any? Um,
1: better pitches, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, better pitches. As, as silly as it sounds, as it sounds, it does make it makes a lot of difference with the way we wanted to play. Um, under actually, um, we got promoted from League Two under Darren Ferguson, didn't we? Um yep. And um, you know, he came in. You know, we want to play out from the back when we can. And um, we did that. Um, I was I was loving it when he came in and said, Yeah, we're going to play out from the back. I was like, Yes, um, you know, like this is what I want to do because goalkeepers have the traits, players have the traits, you know. Like, I'm not a goalkeeper to keep kick it long and you know, stuff like that. You know, my attributes, my um, best style of plays play out from the back, but anyway, um, yeah. He, it was it was it was a little bit different playing in League One to League Two. Like I said, with the pitches um, and uh, the quality of players, you know, um, in the top teams. So yeah, but it was it was an, um, we were there before, so it was it was nothing new. It was nothing new to us, you know. So we just got on with it. At Doncaster, you Again, we talked about you get to League One in
0: the two seasons you had in League One. As time goes on, you're playing regularly more and more and more and there's interest in you from other clubs. Was it flattering when a club like Coventry showed interest in you because of the size of the club?
1: Oh, 100%. I mean, um, when when, when my agent uh, said, oh, you know, Coventry are interested, I was like, get it done. You know, uh, and to be fair, to be fair, um, it it was nothing to do... um, with Doncaster, it wasn't that I didn't like being there because I love being there. You know, I met um, I met some unbelievable people there, made friends for life, um, and um, I love my time at Doncaster. And obviously, I lived there as well. Um, but I got too comfortable, and um, I felt like I just stalled and and I just stayed at the same level, and I felt like I wasn't progressing. So. When my agent told me that Coventry were interested, I thought thought to my, I thought that was an opportunity for me to, um, you know, take it to the next level and grow, um, grow even more as a player. And um, honestly, it's probably the best decision I've ever made.
0: In terms of Coventry, obviously your manager Mark Robbins used to play for for Manchester United. What's he like to work with? Because he seems to have he's
1: done a really good job wherever he's been. Yeah, yeah, he's he's really good. He's. Um, is a d- different type of a manager to Darren Ferguson. Um, Mark Mark Robbins is um, a little bit more calmer. Um, um, he's I must say, like he's been, he's been really good. Um, he, he is really good. Obviously, his CV speaks for itself. And then he's done an unbelievable job at Doncaster. And he's got us playing some fantastic football. He's brought a lot of players in. You know, I joined in, and basically the changing room changed completely. You know, um, with the lads that were there before, they were telling us like it's a whole whole new changing room here. And um, but yeah, he's a really good manager. And sometimes he um, he joins in in the session. You know, um, sometimes he tries scoring worldies against me, and he doesn't come off, and then (laughs) he gets angry at me. Nah, I'm joking. But no, you can you can tell he played at a high level because even when he joins in now, he's got that. About him, you know the tech is, Yeah. What's it like at the moment? I'm not trying to ask you a
0: controversial question here, but obviously the club's playing in Birmingham this season. Is is that been kind of strange at all in any way, or has it just been natural?
1: I think um, it's been natural because we, I think we said to ourselves, I think if it was, I think it was if um, if it was at a different stadium, maybe wouldn't where the pitch is not as good as Birmingham's. Uh, it would have been a different story, but because um, playing at a champ- Championship stadium, um, Birmingham um, are a massive club, so we were kind of excited, you know, because we knew we were going to be playing on on a good pitch week in week out. So, um, and I, and I think that helped us. Uh, that's helped us this season massively. Even though, yeah. Um, it's out of Coventry you know it sucks for the fans um, we can see that because I think if we were playing at the Rico we'd almost be selling out week in week out and um, you know and I, 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 you can't blame them for not coming um, but it is what it is and we just had to get on with it as players and um, we hit the season off running and um, yeah we were really enjoying most of all we were really enjoying the football we were playing no fear Go and enjoy it, and um, score goals. You know, play out from the back. You know, follow. We followed. He always, Mark Robbins and AD, uh, always. You know, try to get it into our heads. Like we don't, we don't change for anybody. You know, like this is the way we play, and th- that's how we've been doing it all season. Even, even when we were playing FA Cup against Birmingham, I, I thought we were unlucky to lose those games. Yeah.
0: It's been a very successful season so far in terms of consistency. What's it been like being involved in that, and just how positive is the dressing room, the management team, and in the club off the park in terms of the success that's coming on it?
1: Yeah, um, it's been it's been really good, but obviously we we haven't done nothing yet, and um, and we know that, and we just keep pushing ourselves, and and we want more and more. We want to win more games. We want to keep more clean sheets. there's always room to improve in every single game so we we literally take each game as it comes we you know throughout the season we never looked at uh, what kind of a position we're in um in the table and all that we just we just, we always looked at our next game and said right let's let's win this game if we can't win a game don't lose a game um keep a clean sheet and um it really worked and the lads have been unbelievable, they've worked so hard and sometimes I've, I've there's been games where I had literally nothing to do, you know, so some of those clean sheets are purely down to the lads and not me. Yeah. Being
0: based in Scotland, the reason I have a, a good awareness of Coventry is because you've got quite a few Scottish players playing for the club. One of the ones that made headlines up here for going down to Coventry for a good reason, of course, was, was Michael Rose, he was playing at United in the Championship last season. He was doing really well, and then he got the move to Coventry, which was something up here that was seen as a real positive, And it's always good to see a Scottish player doing well. What's he been like? What's the Scottish boys in the dressing room been like as well?
1: Yeah, he's a top lad, and um, he's he's been absolutely unbelievable at the back. I mean we we we've been saying we've been saying in the changing room we we've, we've no idea how he's not been called up because like. He's one of the best centre backs in the league, and hands down, you know, he's been incredible for us. Um, even um, uh, Dom Hyam and Liam Kelly, um, Liam Kelly obviously sitting um, in front of our in front of our centre backs. Um, he's he's like he breaks everything down. You know, he's got the passing range. Uh, he loves a tackle. I know he's played obviously for Scotland, as you know, but um, he's our he's our captain. But, yeah, speaking about Michael Rose, he's been incredible this season. One of the best players. Who
0: else are the big characters within that Coventry dressing that keep the boys going?
1: Um, ben Wilson. Um, I'd say Carl McFadden. Um, even even Frankie Dabo. I mean... <laughs> I'd say everybody, you know, like... the. All of them are all of them are characters in their own way, um, and we push each other all the time. We we have banter, we have great relationships, great relationship with each other. You know, everyone gets along. You know, if someone needs to be told, they're told, and um, it's just the, the the team spirit we have, and uh, the kind of a dressing room dressing room we have is um, it's tough it's tough to find. Um, and I think going back to Doncaster, we had success because of that. Um, Because of the changing room we are, the lads are incredible, you know. Uh, We were almost like a family. Um, And it's the same here at Coventry. We're like a big family, you know. Everybody gets along. Like I said, if somebody needs to get told um, to pull the finger out a little bit more, you know, if someone needs to kick up the bum, um, then that happens, you know. And um, we keep each other on our toes. And um, I don't think anybody feels left out in that dressing room.
0: In terms of yourself, you've you, mentioned the fact you're from Slovakia. You've been capped at under-21 level. Is the dream for
1: you to get capped at senior level? Um, it, it'd be nice. Um, I, 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 it's strange. I don't know. Uh, I, obviously, it, it would be incredible to you, you know, to represent your, represent your country at a senior level. But um, I just literally concentrate... It, 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 on my time here because it's difficult, you know. I, I'm playing in League One, so there's. I don't think there's any chance of me getting called up um, unless I'm playing higher, because we have goalkeepers that are from Premier League and Championship. So um, it doesn't really go. For, I, I don't even think about it, you know, to answer to answer a question honestly. I don't really f- uh, think about getting called up uh, because I know for a fact I've got to be playing higher. Yeah. In terms of the
0: under twenty ones, when you were involved with them, what was it like being involved with a national setup compared to club level? How was it different?
1: Oh, it was it was unbelievable. You know, um, when we were playing, the whole country was watching us. The whole country was supporting us. Even my family back home, you know, um, their friends coming up to them or Marcos, you know, representing our country and all of that. Um, yeah, it was it was really good. Um, we always we obviously had camps um, when everybody flew to meet each other. We had camps for ten days sometimes, um, and like I said, we had an unbelievable dressing room. So it worked; everything worked. Everyone got along. So the, those ten days they flew by. You know, it could have been the other way around, but um, I won't say it, um, it, it was any different in terms of like um, management, you know, coaching and. Um, Maybe the facilities were a little bit better. I'd say uh, we had a lot more stuff. Um, the management, the training sessions weren't as intense um, as they are here at club level because you obviously only have a certain amount of time um, to prepare for games, and you got to keep the lads fresh as well because some lads are some lads are flying in coming up coming off back at games, so they need that extra day, um, you know, to rest. So you're already missing a day a day of training there. But yeah, I'd say it wasn't as intense, you know. It was a lo- it was a lot more a lot more calm, a lot more chilled out the training sessions, a lot more tactical.
0: I'd like to finish with a round of quick fire questions. First of all, best players you played with?
1: Um poor, I don't know. James Carpinger. Best oh, against right now, Liam Walsh, O'Hare and Dabo. Or best players against oh um, no idea no idea off the top of my head no idea who I would you say has been you. the biggest character you've played with biggest character yeah Carl McFadden or Alfie May um, who
0: would you say has been the most underrated player you've played with so far
1: most underrated um I don't think I have any teammates that are underrated at the moment. Um, I think Alfie May actually from Doncaster. Yeah, yeah. A few non football ones. Favourite band? Favourite band? Oh, a music band. Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. Um,
0: <laughs> beach Holiday or City Break? Beach Holiday. Um, Favourite film? Avengers. Oh, great choice.
1: Um, Favourite food? Spagball.
0: Another good choice. Um, And the last question I've got for you, Marco, is if you could, and again, I'm not trying to disrespect Mark Robbins here, don't worry, if you could play for any manager in the world at the moment, Obviously, it's dominated by your Mourinho's, Klopp's, Guardiola's, etc. If you could pick any manager on the planet to play for, um, who would it be and why?
1: Easy, Mourinho. Um, just the uh, the mindset of the manager, and um, that's all. I, I, I'd look. It would be a dream come true. Dream dream come true to play under him. You know, I mean. He's won everything in the game, and um, he's—I yeah, think—he's incredible. Not many people like him. Um, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of bad press about him, which um, I don't agree with. But I—I uh, I, I love the guy. His mentality is incredible. Very honest. Yeah. But uh, Marco, it's been a joy. Thanks for joining me in the podcast. Top man.
0: So we'll dive down to the ocean, and we'll make our home. And shells will all be open They'll be filled with song, they'll be filled with song We'll dive down to the ocean And we'll make her home in a deep sea cave And shells will all be open They'll be filled with song, they'll be filled with song